Hey guys, welcome to the Beauty School Bobby podcast. We are here today with Steve Reese of Modern Salon, um, coming from Chicago. So we are Skyping with him today um, and going to talk to him about being in the beauty industry and how to get connected with Modern Salon, whether you're a stylist or whether you're a beauty school student. So welcome to the show, Steve. Hi. Good afternoon. (laughs) So we always start off the show with a little icebreaker question. So I want to know, what is the last show that you binge watched? The last show I binge watched was Ballers. Awesome. No, I okay, so I watched like the first like four episodes of that and got so into it um that I couldn't like devote the time that I needed to to like finish it. So have you are you like all caught up? No, I'm never all caught up and I rarely <laughs> binge watch anything. Well, I love that. It's a good show. That's not a bad recommendation for the listeners at all. It's a good one. Um, Okay, so I want to know a little bit about you. So what is your role in the beauty industry? What is it that you do? I am the publisher at Modern Salon Media, which basically means the business manager. And Modern Salon is involved in uh, collecting and disseminating and creating information that will support the industry and help people within the industry be more successful. Well, that's awesome. We have it at the school. Um, so our students are definitely, definitely reading and, um, getting to see what you do. So I know, um, I said this like earlier when we were talking, but, um, the students were really excited when I told them this, because when you hear modern salon, um, it speaks volumes. And I think that that's, it's a good, a lot of people know about it. It's, you know, obviously a big deal in the industry. So, That's awesome. Thank you for what you're doing. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tell us your story, though, about how you got started in the beauty industry. Well, I got involved in the beauty industry by accident. I I did not intend to get into the beauty industry. It really was a job. And I went to work for a company which had websites and trade shows, and there was no social media at this point in time, uh, but magazines in both the woodworking industry and the beauty industry. And over time, I realized that I was much more interested and felt like I could do a much better job supporting the beauty industry and eventually end up spending most of my time uh, in the beauty industry. That's all, Those are two completely different worlds. Uh, they're completely different worlds, although I would say that any industry, once you really start learning about it, you find there are a lot of things which are very, very similar in terms of the people who are really involved in the industry and the woodworking industry are very passionate people as well. Uh, They like to express themselves. It's a very different industry, uh, but there are similarities. That's awesome. That's really fun that that's that's what it came down to. How long ago, like when did you get started? Probably about nine years ago. Oh, awesome. Okay, good. So you haven't been... um this hasn't been like forever. You're still like, I mean, fairly new into it. Um, well, from the perspective of like someone who's been doing it 30 years, 
I'm fairly new to it from the perspective of a student who's been in it for a year and a half. Right. Um, I'm, I've been doing it forever. <laughs> so I suppose everything is relative, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, how has the industry changed since you started? Like what have you noticed has changed like just over the last nine years? Is there something that's different or that you kind of had to grow with or is it pretty much the same? I think the industry was a lot easier uh, eight or nine years ago. Now, to put things in perspective, we were coming out of the Great Recession, uh, so nothing was easy. But historically, my sense was the industry was a little bit easier. Uh, what's happened now is that everything in the world around us is changing so quickly, and the change of pace is so fast and so overwhelming that it's it's very difficult for some people to keep up. One of the things that's very special about the beauty industry, however, is it's really based on people connecting with people, which is something that can be impacted and affected by technology, but can't be replaced by technology. Yeah, absolutely. We actually have this conversation a lot when I have parents um, that will come into the school with their child to come see it. Um, it is definitely something that we say that it's, we, I mean, we can't say that it's like recession proof, um, but it is one of those things that people, this is one of the last industries that we can still touch and have that, like that connection, um, with mm -hmm. other people, but then also, you know, through the recession, um, and you know, we stay, everyone stayed busy. I mean, things changed and you obviously like had to adapt. Maybe people were coming in, you know, every 10 weeks instead of every four weeks or whatever it was, but, um, it definitely was an industry that still held up and held strong. Um, and so I think that if you talk to people that have, you know, were, and a lot of the students don't even like remember this, but if you talk to people that were working in the salons at the time, um, you know, they said, you know, things are, were different, but it wasn't like it held them down. And I think that that's, you know, th there's a big push in Tennessee right now for trades. Um, it's obviously something that I really believe in, you know, being in the, in the industry that I'm in. Um, but I'm glad that there's an emphasis on that again. I think a lot of people have learned like just going the traditional college route isn't for everybody um, and are a little more open-minded to, to a trade. Do you feel like that's what's happening in Chicago? Well, I, I, you know, I don't think of myself as a Chicago person when I talk about the beauty industry. I think of myself as somebody who's uh, part of the national beauty industry and in certain ways a global beauty industry. One of the things about this industry which would be very attractive to people compared to other types of uh, things they pursue is you can always get a job. You can do your job anywhere in the world. The language barrier might be a little bit of a problem, but it's not like other jobs where it would be a huge problem. You can, to a certain extent, pick and choose your hours and have a lot of flexibility in it. You can uh, specialize in things. You can express yourself creatively. Uh, and you can spend time with people. So if you're somebody who finds those things very, very attractive, you're going to find uh, this an industry that really is, is custom made for you. One of the things that parents often say is, oh, I wish you had gone to college. But the reality is within this industry, if you are hardworking and you are somewhat aggressive, um, you can make as much money, if not more money, than people doing lots and lots of other things. And I don't think people recognize that. One of the things that this industry offers people is really the opportunity to uh, create your own path because there are so many different options, whether it's 
working in a salon or getting involved in salon management or working for a distributor or getting involved in education or working for a product company. There are lots and lots of different options. And as you spend more time in the industry and go to more and more events, you see that it's been a great start for so many people doing so many different things. Yeah, and so I met you um, a couple weeks ago in Los Angeles for the um, Salon Digital Summit, or the Digital Salon Summit, um, and I that is one thing that I realized being there was so many different people there doing so many different things. It wasn't just stylists and salon owners. Um, there were so many influencers there, and you guys really did a good job of bringing um, different people that are in the industry. Like, I wish that I could have picked up all of the students and just taken them there with me because I think I mean I came back motivated and I don't do hair but I came back like wow this is just just feeling like there's so much more out there it's not just the everyday behind the chair there are so many different people doing so many different things so I think that you you know or you're exactly right I mean you can do this all over the world and as long as you're connecting with people or being open to connect with different people um you can really end up anywhere doing this. And so I think that that's an opportunity that some of the students maybe don't always realize, you know, just because they're starting out in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, doesn't mean they're not going to end up, you know, somewhere different doing something that they maybe never even thought that they would have been doing when they started. Well, it also makes you part of a family. And one of the things I've noticed is that when stylists travel, all they need to do is go into another salon and they've got friends. Uh, when they travel, you know, nationally and internationally, they oftentimes don't even stay at hotels because all the people they've met want them to stay with them and invite them out and, and, and things like that. And there's definitely a community and it's very different from other professions where I doubt lawyers go to other places and say, say in other people's houses right. or electricians <laughs> or a whole host of other things. But there, there's something that binds people in this industry together that's very deep and very meaningful and allows them to bond almost immediately. Oh, I agree 100%. There's like no one nicer. And I don't know if it's maybe just because they're used to being, you know, to talking to other people. You get so used to, you know, you have a client in your chair and you're talking to them. You know how to talk to people. I don't know if it's it's that, but it definitely there is 100% a different feel about this. Um, and I notice it as soon as I came into the industry too, it's been the most welcoming thing. And even starting this new project, this new podcast. Um, I mean the fact that like you're willing to talk to me or like, I've had these people that are like, Oh no, I definitely want to. Um, it definitely does feel like a little family. It's really, it's so nice. So, um, okay. So back to what you do. Um, what does a normal day look like for you? Um, you know, working at modern salon, what is a typical day for you? Well, Modern Salon, uh, people remember us as a magazine, but that's only a small part of our business these days. Just like everyone around us, our world has changed. So we still have Modern Salon magazine. We still have the Career Handbook. We still have Salon Today. We also have websites uh, for all of those communities. We have email newsletters. We have social media. Uh, we also do a lot of custom projects where we create uh, content and magazines and other products for other people. We do research for a lot of people in the industry and we put on events. So any day is going to include a lot of those different things. And ultimately, our goal is to support the industry, uh, give people the information uh, and the connections they need to be most successful. Because in a lot of cases, it's giving people information. In other cases, it's just connecting with people who can help them. 
Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So you're busy. You're doing a bunch of different things. So you're never like just sitting behind a desk, like doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, no day is ever <laughs> like the day before. Well, good. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I had a day today where I went in and it was just, yeah, completely different than I had expected it to be, which, yeah, like you said, can be really good and can sometimes be a little bit crazy. So um, when we're talking to students specifically, um, what is something that you um, would want beauty school students to know? How can they get noticed by Modern Salon? Or um, what is a connection that they can have with you all to kind of propel their career or while just while they're in school? Well, I think people in school have to recognize that everybody in the industry wants to help them. And there are students who go out and make a point of introducing themselves to everyone they meet. Uh, they follow what's happening in the professional media. If they can't travel places, they connect with people uh, in other ways. They reach out to magazines and websites, and they're basically always networking and always looking for opportunities. And a lot of those people really fast-track their careers because these days it's very easy to recognize talent because you have showcases for it, like Instagram and things like that. So if you are aggressive and take advantage of that, and I don't mean aggressive in a pushy way. I mean aggressive in a way, get to know people, be interested in things. If you're interested in people, they will be interested in you. Uh, by comparison, there are people who just go to class, uh, they graduate, and then they just find a job. And they don't try to take advantage of any of these other networking opportunities. And there's going to be a huge difference between the outcomes for these two different people. This industry is more than almost any other industry out there. It's what you make it because people are happy to talk to you and people are happy to help you. But if you don't make that effort and you don't let them know that you're out there looking for them, uh, it will never happen because everybody's busy. So my advice is uh, really start thinking about all the different opportunities and meet as many people as you can. And by virtue of the fact that you went to the Salon Digital Summit, I'm guessing you met lots and lots of people who you never would have met. Oh, absolutely. Like, and people that I was like, oh no, I follow them on Instagram. And I think that that's one of the crazy things. And that's maybe what was so motivating is, yeah, just seeing those people um, that I've seen on Instagram that I was like, oh, whoa, oh, you're here? Like, I mean, it was, it took me back a little bit. But I, like I said, I think that that's um, so important for students to hear and for students to understand, like, um, it's not even like as much of a being shy thing as it is of just learning how to network and why that's, you know, so important and, and passing that on to other people. So when we have um, salon owners that come back into the school um, that are our graduates, I think the students respond so well to that because they're like, oh, you were sitting in my chair. But everyone has a beauty school story. Like every stylist has gone through it, maybe not at the same beauty school as you, obviously, but, you know, everyone's got their story and they've all started where you started. You all start that day one. And so I think, like you said, it's just so important to put yourself out there, um, to open yourself up to meeting different people. So I think that's a really good piece of advice for them. Yes. And I'm sure you found that even the people who you looked at and you said, wow, they're superstars. They were happy to talk to you. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. They were, like, even just, like, coming down off stage, um, you know, it wasn't weird to, like, if you, you know, when we passed them in the little hallway or whatever, just be like, hey, like, I really love what you said, you know, um, that's, it's, you're right. It's just, it's so different, I think, about this industry, and they're willing to help, and I think that that's important for the students to know that hopefully they'll help, and they'll give back, and they'll come back, and, you know, I think that that, that's important for sure. Um... So what is one thing that for you like really propelled your career into this direction of doing what you're doing? I learned early on that I wasn't the smartest guy around, but I could try harder uh, and work harder than other people. Uh, And working hard doesn't always mean putting in a ton of hours. It means being really focused. It means instead of just doing stuff, thinking about, what you're doing and what you want to accomplish and whether there's a better way to do it and who are the people who might be able to help you in your journey and being purposeful about it. So while I am clearly not the smartest person out there by any stretch of the imagination, I do have a sense of focus and I, and I, I follow up on things. It's way too easy to do a little bit here and a little bit there. It's more important to say what's really important to me um, and what do I need to get there? Understanding that the journey is as important as the destination. And as you put yourself out there and as you experience the world and meet lots of other people, you may learn that what you thought was going to be the most important thing was supplanted by something else. There's something else you found which attracted you even more. And you have to keep yourself open to all these opportunities. Uh, And one of the things that somebody told me a long time ago at a conference was that the most valuable conversations you have in life are with people who you never planned to or never expected to talk to. So if you keep with the same small circle of people, uh, you're not going to grow. And the other thing I would say is that people either give you energy or take your energy away. So find the people who give you energy, be around the positive people, be around the people who want to grow like you do, and you will inspire each other. Um, Don't spend your time around the negative people and the haters uh, because they're just going to bring you down to their level because that's what they want to do. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is hard for students to understand now is just that there is, it's going to take you a minute to get all of the things that you want. So you're, you know, you're following these people on Instagram or you have this idea in your head of maybe the person that you go to that does your hair is so successful and you're like, I want to get there. Well, what's hard about that is it takes a minute. Um, You have to prove yourself a little bit. I mean, you have to be in the salon. You have to work hard. It's not going to come to you by being like, oh, I really don't want to work weekends or, you know, nights I'm kind of busy. So if I could just work like three days a week um, in this industry like that, that's not going to fly um, and you're not going to get to where you want to get to. So I think it's so important for them to um, really realize like the work that goes into it. And so it's hard on my side of admissions to explain that in the first visit. Um, so when they first come in and I'm walking through the school and showing them classrooms, like there's so much information we need to give them before they even get their foot in the door. But I wish and I hope that through doing this podcast or sharing stories like this um, is that before people even start school, like they're going to understand that this is a process, that it's not going to be you graduate beauty school, you get that job and all of a sudden you're making six figures. 
You, you get out of something what you put into something, and there are no shortcuts. And all that extra work that you're doing at the front end will give you more opportunities at the back end. Uh, anything that seems too good to be true generally is. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm um, i 31 years old. Like I don't feel like, and then I'm probably even at 60, I'm probably still going to feel the same way, but I don't feel like I'm so much older than the students that I'm meeting with. But there are times that I'm like, well, let me tell you that, or let me give you this advice that I just feel like I'm like, oh, they're just thinking like, she's a hundred years old. She has no idea what she's talking about. And, you know, I, I don't want to be too preachy, but if they can hear it from some other people that are successful in the industry, maybe it'll click a little bit more. Well, I, I think a lot of people are very anxious to make things happen immediately and they need to recognize that the experience you have uh, is based on making a lot of the same mistakes that they may make. And if you open up your, your mind and you listen to what other people have to say, uh, it's going to, it's going to assure that you don't make some of those mistakes. And uh, it's, it's very easy to write people off and say, Oh, they don't get it. They don't understand. There's a famous quote. I think it was attributed to Mark Twain where he said, when I was 16, I was convinced my father was the stupidest man alive. When I was 21, I was amazed how much he had learned in just five short years. <laughs> that's so perfect. I've never heard that, but that is, that's amazing. Like, I really love that. <laughs> it's important and it's hard. Like, I don't know. I guess there really is. I hate to make it like an age thing because there are 17 year olds that come in and they like, really, I'm like, goodness, you have it together. You know, like you are prepared and you know what you want, you know what you want to do. And, <laughs> and that's great. But, um, it's, you know, you do, you do just learn and grow. And if you let yourself, yeah, listen to the people that are around you that have, have kind of been there. But I do think that some things do need to be learned on their own as well. Like there's just certain things that you can tell yeah, a 17 year old that you know, they do just have to find out on their own. But. Well, you want to make your mistakes when you're young, because at that point, your mistakes are not catastrophic. They're generally smaller. Right. You know, the older you are, the more uh, the more damaging your mistakes can be. Yeah. No. So make mistakes. But also, if you can avoid mistakes by reaching out to people who can give you some advice, it just makes life easier. Yeah. Do you think that um, as far as being like a beauty school student, like that having a Silas mentor um, or somebody that's kind of coaching you through that would be beneficial? Or do you think that it's better to just kind of like do your time, get out in the salon? and? One of the things that the industry doesn't do very well is making sure that the salons are connected to the students. I think every single beauty school should have relationships with all the salons in their area. And the people who are going to beauty school should be visiting those salons, shadowing people, talking to people, uh, and just learning as much as they can. And while it's great to have a mentor, it's even better to have mentors because different people know different things and have different life experiences. So if you can have a wider group of mentors, uh, you're going to benefit by a wider range of uh, help and experience. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one thing that we definitely like, I don't know, I love about Tennessee School of Beauty is that we are so close with the salons and that they are in there a lot. But then 
there's a part of me too that I want them to broaden outside of Knoxville. I want them to, and I know that they'll have, they'll have time to do that, but, um, and social media obviously makes that so much easier. Um, they're watching different stylists and following, um, different people. So they're exposed a little bit more than before social media, but I still, um, I just, I wish that we could give them even more opportunities, um, to meet even more people. But like I said, after the conference, I really was like, we just have to bring everyone next year. Like everyone has to go with us. <laughs> so hopefully you guys will do that again. We're working on it. Steve, are you involved in the hiring process at all at Modern Salon or with whatever organization you happen to be working with <laughs> at the time? I feel like you're doing so much. Uh, yes. So yes, I am. what would you say is, um, it's something that you really look for in or in an interview. Is there something that can set somebody apart or something that, um, advice that you can give? Yes. It, it used to be you hired for aptitude or skills. Now you hire for attitude. And what that means is that if somebody starts out a little cranky, they're only going to get worse. If you want to hire somebody, you're looking for somebody, like I said, who's going to make your life easier. And if you've got someone with a good attitude, you can teach them all the skills they need. If you've got somebody with skills but a bad attitude, they're never going to have a good attitude. The reason I wanted to ask you that is because um, I think that a lot of people think that they're just going to like walk in the door and get a job um, or they're going to walk into a salon and just be like, oh, okay, you know, I can do hair. I just graduated from Tennessee School of Beauty, so that assures me a job. Um, and so I wanted to find out from you, um, obviously, like in a little, not a little more, into the more the corporate world, like, you know, what it is that you're looking for. But I think that that's the same for a stylist. Absolutely. And when you come out of a good beauty school like yours, um, there are a lot of jobs out there, but you want to make sure that you're not just getting a job. You're looking to find a home. You're looking to find uh, a place where you're going to spend a lot of time, where you're going to have friendships, uh, where you're going to develop friendships with your clients as well. So you really need to make sure that it's a good fit. If it's not a good fit, keep searching until you find a good fit. Uh, and that's going to depend on where it's located, what services they provide, what the owner's like, uh, what the clientele is like. It's a whole host of things, but it's a lot easier to succeed if you're in the right place. Yes, I agree 100%. Um, well, that's all the questions that I had for you. I didn't want to take up too much of your time because I know how busy you are, but I really, really appreciate you um, taking the time out to talk with us and to talk um, you know, to Silas, to students. I think that it's so helpful for them to hear a different perspective. So I definitely appreciate you um, recording with us today. And I'm going to give you a parting thought. Uh, we didn't discuss this, but my father was a teacher and educator. And the one thing that no one can ever take away from you, they can take away your house, your car, your mind, they can never take away your education. So the more education you have, the more valued you are. Education is a really precious thing. People need to take complete advantage of the opportunity they have while they're in your school and learn everything they can. If their attitude is, I'm just going to squeeze by and do the bare minimum, they haven't taken advantage, and that valuable education is not quite as valuable. It's, it's up to you, but it's also very much up to them. 
Thank you so much, C, for being with us today. And thank you to our sponsor, Tennessee School of Beauty. You can visit them at www.tennesseeschoolofbeauty.com. Follow them at Tennessee School of Beauty on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to follow me. It's at Beauty School Bobby. And visit our website, www.beautyschoolbobby.com, where you can find all of our podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, bye, guys. Woo!